The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. It is MSI main event time. We're here. No more play-ins. No more, you know, which of these wild card regions that we're not sure how many we should care about are actually going to be going in. This is where people like Walter C80 Svedchuk, my co-host here, and the more you know, hardcore people can just go on in and know that they've got some excellent League of Legends coming their way. Right, Walter? That's, that's where we are. No. Oh. Well. <laughs> Whatever. I'm, uh, yeah, it's more, more games I have to watch. I mean, I, I have to say, I feel like as a TSM fan, you have a lot of reasons to downplay this tournament. I'm not saying that's why you're doing it, because you were downplaying it before things yeah, let, went horribly wrong. Let's get that out of the way. I'm not downplaying MSI because we almost lost to to to, to Gigabyte Adonis Marines. That's not why I'm downplaying it. Uh, I haven't cared about this tournament for like two years. So uh, so let's get let's get T- TSM fanboy Walter is on vacation. He is taking a properly deserved vacation. He will be back for our team-by-team previews, which I believe start May 21st, which happens to coincide with the finals of MSI. So look forward to that shameless plug. But TSM fanboy Walter will be back for those. Don't you worry. But yeah, he's he's on vacation. Yeah, you know what? It's the double lift strategy. I understand it. I appreciate it. I um, cannot confirm that TSM fanboy Walter was out drinking all night with his girlfriend uh, instead of preparing for possibly the biggest game in his team's career. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can that, I confirm uh, that? Yeah, it seems like a, a, a TSM move. Well, we're going to focus on the six teams that are actually going to be here the, the, with the rosters that we have and, and what we can, can get excited for at least a bit. I, I'm going to play the role of the guy who believes that MSI is relevant and fun and exciting, and Walter will play, I guess, the, the cynic, the let's-keep-everything-in-perspective guy. So hopefully we'll have some fun talking about all six of these teams. And we start with Marines Esports, a.k.a. Gigabyte Adonis Marines, the Southeast Asian team. They have emerged victorious. Took them a little while. Uh, did very well in the round robin, obviously. Almost got past TSM. Did get past Supermassive for that final spot. Walter, did we learn anything new about Gigabyte Marines since the last time that we talked about them on the show? 
Uh, we did, in fact, learn that they are the best out of all the wildcard teams that were at this tournament. I, I would say that. They are the best out of 11-some-odd uh, wildcard teams that showed up to this tournament. And uh, they have some, some early game chops. Uh, unfortunately for them, the early game does not matter bupkis in this meta of League of Legends. And uh, they're about, they're either like three, four months too late, or they're like two months too early uh, with how it looks like the, the mid-season patch is going. So nice try, guys. Glad you're here, though. Uh, there are some very weak early game teams or some teams that just don't think the early game matters. Uh, that you can take advantage of. You can have some gold leads. You can make gamblers like me kind of kind of giddy because we might put some money down on you. Um, but ultimately, you have way too many flaws for me to consider you any sort of threat to contendership of actually winning this thing or playing in the playoffs. Now, I get it. All you Vietnam, Vietnam fans, all you Optimus fans, all you Levy fans, you're all going to be like, yeah, but we almost beat TSM. Walter, that's your team. Like, come on, give us some credit. And like, yeah, like, you guys almost beat TSM, and I think TSM is the fifth best team at this tournament. So, yeah. like, I mean, maybe if you beat TSM two more times in the round robin and maybe take a game or two off of, you know, uh, 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 the third or fourth team that I think at this tournament, you play, you know, plucky against an SK team. Yeah, maybe I'll be like, okay, like maybe these guys can hang with the big dogs. Maybe it is time to finally reunite the GPL into the wildcard region that we know it truly is. I think it might be time. Wouldn't you love to see Flash Wolves versus Adonis Marines in a final and whoever wins that is the number one seed at Worlds? I know you Stop want it. that. I know, Stop I it. I know you want that. Stop it. I know you want it. There's a reason that Taiwan and the rest of Southeast Asia do their own thing. And they're, and I think it's a positive. I do wish that the GPL was better structured because right now we, we have a, a league that the Marines are unfortunately going to be stuck in where the, you know they play in their one little Vietnam league and then they play the best of all these other small countries, each of which had their own league. And we don't really get a full league as much as we get like these little mini tournaments that each get their way up the ladder. And I, and I think there are some pros and cons to that. I, I definitely feel like what we're seeing with Marines right now is a team that has potential in the same way that most wildcard teams that have been good over the years have potential. They understand the early game. They know how to execute the laning phase. They have good, individually, mechanically strong players. Unfortunately, like this is where they're going to be playing the best teams in the world, and macro play kind of matters. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, the number of times that they honed in on a Baron that they didn't need to go in on, or the number of times that their vision was just non-existent when setting up for a fight that they needed. And the inability to create or force fights when behind that would work to their advantage. And for the record, uh, the coaching issues that they have to deal with right now, because those pick and bands, especially against TSM in games four and five, that got bad. Like, Kha'Zix was on the table, this champion that Levi had carried with two games in a row, games one and two, and they're like, eh, let's not take it again. Why? Why would you not take it again? Levy's your best player. He had a 6.8 KDA so far this tournament. Guy's a monster. I would absolutely import him in to one of my favorite North American teams if he could speak English. Guy's really good. You're going I, a little too far there, brah. A little, little too far there. I think mechanically the guy is there. And I think that 
If you look I at the mechanically much. best junglers in like North America or Europe, I think he could hang with any of those let, guys. Let me let me see him hang with Trick, not Sven Skaren. Well, and and well, this is the problem, right? Is that we don't know where his you know, like the shot calling and the mental side of things that we rely upon with the jungler in the West and in, in the in League of Legends in general. We don't know that they have that. Uh, now, could that be taught? Sure. But what we've kind of realized now, like this is season seven, right? We're 2017. If these guys are going to learn this macro play and apply it and refine it and bring it back to their region and make the whole region better, well, it certainly hasn't happened yet. Sure. And I, I think that the Marines are unfortunately... They're a team that's going to be very fun to watch, and I think that they have three different teams in World Elite, TSM, and G2 that they could genuinely beat just because they don't value the early game or they're not good at the early game. And if you snowball a big enough lead, I don't care what the meta is, you can win a game or two. They could sneak a few. And if a wildcard team got to fifth in this tournament, it would be a huge accomplishment because Jeez. no wildcard team's ever done it. Shame on you, Chase, giving away our power rankings. I, I can't believe you would give away our power rankings so callously by not insinuating that World Elite is the best team at this tournament. This is embarrassing. This is a low say, level of professionalism. I didn't say anything about World Elite. No, 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 no. I just mean World Elite has a poor early game. They're one of the best team fighting teams in this tournament. They're really good at the mid to late game. But that doesn't mean their early game is somehow going to match up against the Gigabyte Marines. There's nothing I saw from their early game footage when I went back over China that says that they have the ability to, to roam around the map as effectively as Levy and Optimus have so far. That's fair. Now, the problem is that that skill is a very limited one. So I, I guess at the end of the day, Walter, do you think they can fight their way to fifth? Or is this just another team that we're going to forget about <laughs> A couple months from now. It it depends. It depends how on vacation TSM and G2 are. TSM looks pretty pretty uh, laid back on their vacation. I I mean, I'm just looking at Twitter right now, and uh, and Bjorkson's talking about how he thinks he's breaking out because he's eating too much dessert, and it's delicious, and it looks like he has some sort of brownie with a chocolate mousse, and I'm not even joking. This is literally on my Twitter feed right now, nine minutes ago, on Monday night. Um... And we'll get to TSM in a moment when we talk about TSM, but, like, if both G2 and TSM are on vacation, maybe they win two, maybe three games. Um, I, I I think it's more likely they win one. I think they win one game against whoever's playing worse out of G2 or TSM. It's probably going to be TSM. Um, but, you know, what does fifth place accomplish? It's just like a, 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 a Pyrrhic victory. Yeah. What does it matter? It's a victory. It's a victory, Walter. If you're from Vietnam, it's not. It's that's not a victory. a victory, though. There's no championship. You don't get a. You don't get a trophy for fifth place, which goes no. back to my previous argument from the last episode. IWC should have had their own tournament that the first place person then got into it because then they could have gone home with a trophy and said, "Yes, we are absolutely unequivocally with medal." With a, a trophy, with something we can tangibly hold that says we're the best IWC team. And that is something that you truly can hang your hat on because they make very lovely coat racks, trophies do. Getting fifth place in this MSI tournament does nothing. It means nothing. You were fifth place out of six teams. You got fifth. Congratulations. I think that would mean a lot more to people than you're making it out to be. Especially if you're in Vietnam and you don't have that many 
tournaments that you can point to in that regard. That's like saying, you know, if you look at the World Cup, like, you know, Nigeria getting out of the group stage doesn't matter. Well, if you're from Nigeria, yeah, it does, because Nigeria doesn't get out very I'm often. I'm not from Nigeria. You're asking my opinion, and I think a fifth place fifth place means nothing. I'm sure to someone from Vietnam or to a Vietnam esports connoisseur, it probably would mean the world. But to me, it's nothing. It okay. means nothing. I'm sorry. I would, I would, if Marines go on sorry. to win this entire, if Marines go on to win this entire thing, I will change my entire tune, but I just don't see how fifth place accomplishes anything. They are, they got their victory, which was now the C region has two spots uh, at Worlds. They have two That's spots. A, which is a problem, by the way, because there is not a second team from that region that deserves to be There's at There's probably at not a second team from any IWC region that deserves to be <laughs> Let's be honest. There's a reason they're the IWC regions and not one of the four power regions. NA Five. kind of lives in uh, NA lives in purgatory. I'm gonna oh, be honest. Okay. NA is in purgatory. I'm okay. let let's what 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 is the we do have some odds, so what is let me guess what the outright odd is. Yeah, where do you think it for Marines to win? Uh to win the entire thing, I'm gonna put them at plus fifty thousand. No, it's not quite that high. Okay, plus fifteen thousand. That was my real guess. is correct. Okay, that was my plus, real guess, but I just remember at Worlds, like, astronomical odds for some of these teams. So It plus, is plus, plus 15,000. 15, that so feels about right. That feels and that, yeah, that's totally fair. Because let me be clear, I, I'm defending the Marines because I like the idea of these wildcard regions mattering. I did coach in a wildcard region, after all. Um, they're not going to win more than Did you really? Two. Was that a wildcard region? I had no idea. Yeah, I know, right? I totally don't bring it up on the podcast all the time. Let's move on to the, the fifth team on our list and on a Unicorn's outright list, TSM. I, you know, we talk about TSM a lot on the pod, obviously, so I don't feel like we need to rehash all of our thoughts on TSM. Just quickly, Walter, did anything about this series against Marines change your opinion or make you worried or nervous? Like, what do you as a TSM fan take away from almost losing to a Vietnamese team? What do we have to give up for Medios? Or Dardock? Ooh! Ooh. Sven Skaren's a problem. Sven Skaren's a big problem. He looked like shit. He looked awful. Yeah. He looked terrible. I don't I don't know I don't know what happened this split. I really don't know what happened to him. Nothing really the meta didn't change all that drastically from Worlds from, from when he was running rush shot over uh or you know in the summer finals. I, I, I don't know what changed. He's just playing so poorly. His decision making is awful. He's making these gambles on invades that maybe he was making them last year and they're backing him up better, but I just don't see it. He seems lost. He seems listless. He just. It, it, he feels like a guy who has gotten way, way, way too comfortable with his seat. That he's like, ah, nothing's going to happen. I'm good. And as much as I go, you know, Bjergsen picks his junglers, and as long as Bjergsen wants him there, he's there. Bjergsen picks his junglers, and as long as he wants you there, you're there. Shall we talk? He's Littlefinger. Bjergsen is Littlefinger. Shall we ask? Uh, uh, shall we ask Santorin how his career is going? Should we ask the odd one? Should we ask Amazing? How do they feel? Oh yeah. wait, you can't hear them. They're on a pike in King's frickin' Landing. I I was gonna say, you know, Svenskeren reminds me of Amazing right now. 
in multiple ways. I think it, it, it's very similar to where I, I felt Amazing was before he was then you know, uh, kicked from TSM. I also think it's it reminds me a lot of where Amazing is now. Like, just in terms of, you know, they have these roaming patterns that seem very tired and worn out, and sometimes it just doesn't seem like it's synced up with the rest of the team. And I don't think you want to be compared to 2017 Amazing in, in any capacity. And the fact that I don't have a good counter-argument as to why he wouldn't be in that conversation, like, I don't know, man. It, it's tough. And, and I think it's particularly, you look at TSM, they need a strong jungler because everything runs through Bjergsen. And if you don't have a strong jungler, then they can just camp Bjergsen all day long. Well, it's okay. He's getting double lift back. He's getting double lift. Haunters is in the peak of his career. Like, they're going to go back to the old TSM of old, which is going to be these. And, and maybe that's what it is, is now he had a weak lane. He had a lane that could be exploited, and he did spend a lot of time bot. He spent mm -hmm. a lot of time with kind of these awkward ganks. We saw TSM, uh, we saw uh, Bjergsen play a lot more passively. Um, this feels a lot like, uh, it felt a lot like Faker's like season four, where mm. he, he was really trying to take some of the reins off of it because he didn't feel as comfortable with his teammates in top and bottom. He knew that they were getting beat. They were falling off a bit. You know, Piglet and Impact were not the same players in, se in, in summer of season four mm -hmm. as they were in, in the spring or even uh, even during season three when they won Worlds. They, they definitely came off a bit. And while Haunters was flourishing, Bjorkson realized that he was going to get focused, that, that Haunters was kind of flourishing because they weren't focusing because everybody knew, like, Haunters is a tank player. You're not really going to kill him. He's very smart. He knows when to back off. He doesn't really overextend. But you got Wild Turtle in the bot lane. And boy, let me tell you what. <laughs> Wild Turtle needing so much babysitting by Biofrost means that Biofrost isn't able to roam up into the mid lane and get wards on his side bushes and get wards in that little bush behind Red Buff and really protect, uh, protect Bjorkson. So he had to play safer. Because I think that first series against Cloud9, where Jensen just played Fizz in that first game, and those ganks from Svenskaren, that just showed a real good template for how to go after them. And because mm -hmm. Haunters was excelling so much, Bjergsen didn't have to carry this huge load, didn't have to be this kind of huge super carry by himself. Um, I think Doublelift coming back will help them. Uh, I think taking this kind of time off, this sort of like relaxed atmosphere, and any... And, it, you know, Parth can come out and say, oh, we're practicing so hard. Bjergsen can come out and say they're practicing so hard. Y'all are practicing hard for this event. Stop trying to kid us. You're having, you know, chocolate mousse at, like, 11 o'clock at night in Brazil. You're talking about how fat you're getting, you know, eating all this food. You're doing all this cute stuff with your with your social media stuff. It reminds me of Season 2 TSM. It reminds me of old TSM, where they're like, yeah, let's make the fans happy. Let's enjoy ourselves. We're in a new place. Like, I'm okay with that. MSI doesn't mean shit. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's It's okay. But, like, you know, maybe maybe call around and see if Dardock is available. Yeah. Just, just a thought. Maybe rain over. Just a thought. Just, I, you know, I, I think it's think fair. It. I think that's reasonable. I also think that if TSN really wanted to do well at MSI, they'd be starting Doublelift, who is now back on the roster officially. And we know he wants to play. And, by the way, he was just playing for Team Liquid and was really good. So... It's not like we have this thing of like, oh, well, maybe he's not ready yet. We know he's ready. We know he's ready to go right now. They're giving this tournament to Wild Turtle as a thank you for playing with us to split and helping us get to first place when we weren't going to play. Enjoy your trip to Brazil. Yeah, enjoy your trip to Brazil. And you know what? Shout out to Wild Turtle. He deserves it. I hope he gets a big contract going into either the summer split or next year. I hope that he, you know, keep getting them checks, man. You did well enough. I don't think you're the weakest player on this team. Nope. 
So good for you. But yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I, I just I find it very hard to believe that TSM is going all out for this tournament. Where do you think the line is from Unicorn for them to win the tournament overall? Plus 7,500. Ooh, too high. Too high. Plus 2,500. Okay. There are only six teams in the tournament. So I, I think the bottom I team is at plus fifteen thousand. Like TSM yeah. is winning this tournament. Come on. Don't, I mean, don't I don't think they are either. But at least twenty twenty five hundred isn't. It, like that's respectable. That's respectable. It's because because like how how does TSM win this tournament? They somehow dodge SKT. They're not the four seed. They're the three seed. SKT loses to whoever the four seed is. Which they has to be Flash Wolves because Flash Wolves are the only team at this tournament. It could with be the world It could be world elite. Okay. When was the last time a Chinese team beat SK Telecom? Uh, last MSI. EDG beat them. True. But not in Tallahassee. I'm just saying. I I'm mean, just saying. Warm weather environment? Maybe? Uh, anyways, I'm, I'm just joking. Like, it's not... The, there are not enough planets in the next eight solar systems to all simultaneously align themselves that... Like, that is way more likely than TSM winning this tournament. Eight different solar systems, all their planets aligning in a straight line across the cosmos, and, like, it just spells, like, send nudes or something. Like, yeah. I'm just saying. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I'll put it this way. Um, it's hard for me to take the, oh, Walter, you should really care about MSI point, when I just realized I completely forgot that EDG won in 2015. <sighs> just completely slipped my mind. Because... Ultimately, that tournament didn't end up mattering compared to. I'm just saying, man. Like, I just I, happens. Flash Wolves won an international event this year. I, I I didn't realize how much I I did not care about the history of this event until I completely forgot that fun fact. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna lick my wounds a little bit on that one, and let's talk about G2 esports. Well, to, people have heard my thoughts on G2 esports all year because you are usually the host when we talk about Europe. I'm going to give you the floor. What do you want what, what, what do you want to see from G2 here? Because I, I think that this is a team, obviously, with a lot to prove on the international stage. A lot of question marks about how they're going to perform, how they're going to handle the pressure. Have they learned from their mistakes last year? So what are you looking for? So if y'all didn't watch our, our, our preview of the European finals, where I talked with Heck about sort of G2's... Uh, um, marketing problem, personality problem, fan base problem, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we equated him to Randy Randall Keith Orton, a WWE wrestler. Chase, you're a relatively new wrestling fan, so you're not going to understand any of this because everything Randy does probably seems fresh. He's the guy that when you see the the memes of like the dude jump out of nowhere and like grab someone by the neck and pull them down, that's called an RKO. Randall Keith Orton, ha ha ha, branding. Um, the thing about Rand uh, about Randy Orton, is that he is boring as all hell because he does the same eight moves and it all sets up maybe this RKO out of nowhere. Wrestling can be kind of boring sometimes. It can be kind of weird. I get it. We're I'm, I'm full into it right now. Um, it's just boring. Watching G2, 
is boring. Not in a way with Vitality where it's like this long, just drawn out affair and it's just like, you guys could have ended it 30 minutes ago. But it's just gotten so predictable. It's just watching it. It's just this utterly predictable thing of I know exactly what's going to happen. It's like watching Tom Brady lead an, uh, an offensive drive in the Super Bowl when his team is down 35 points. You just know what's going to happen. That's right. I'm going to dig that knife I, a little freaking deeper. Little I, bit. I just want to point out that I knew what was going to happen as it was happening. And I was at a table with people that just kept telling me, you're being ridiculous right now. It's not going to happen. This it's, game is over. It was the worst. It's I just five yard pass, out. eight yard pass, five yard pass. Like, no, no, you don't, you don't get to complain anymore. It's done. We're, it's, it's May. You're done complaining. I don't care. My time. Man, you're going to be mad when three years from now I'm still complaining about this. I know Go I am. Ahead. But that being said, it's just predictable. That's all it is. It's predictable. It's boring. Weldon freaking green has broken league of legends he's solved it he's figured it out the first 15 minutes of the game doesn't matter we're just gonna grind the team fighting and the decision making and you know what i'm gonna hurt myself for saying this but Weldon green is right it hurts it hurts for me to say that but why is korea so good at the game it's not because they're mechanically better it's because they make the right decisions they know the correct moves to make at the correct times because they've ground this game into a formula and they understand it. They know exactly where to be on the map. They know exactly how to position on the map. They know which objectives are worth how much and when to contest and when not to contest. And they figured it out. It's not magic. It's just repetition. It's constant. And decision making is that. Making the same decision, figuring out what the correct decision is, and you're going to make a bad decision, and you're going to learn from it, and then you're going to make another bad decision that led off of that good decision, and then you're going to learn from it, and it's this constant state, and you only get it by reps. It's like mastering your swing in baseball, or mastering your free throw, or your shooting motion. It's repetition, and Weldon Green finally figured out, I don't care about the first 15 minutes, I care about when the game actually matters, because if we go back to the course of history, the only time games are really solved in 25 to 30 minutes is when something either really fluky happens or one team is minus 10,000 odds better than the other team. That's the only time it happens. The rest of the game is solved in this 30 to 55 minutes depending on kind of which way the meta goes. So it hurts. It sucks. But Weldon Green, I think, has finally figured out what all the Korean teams have mattered is that the game comes down to decision-making. And the only way you get better at decision-making is putting yourself into as many of those decisions as you can during practice. So he has he has a couple rings. And and there are still things about him that, that personally just irritate the hell out of me. He should not have been the first person shaking people's hands in line after G2 won that. He should not have been leading the players there. He should not have been the first person to touch that goddamn trophy because no matter how much work he puts in on behind the scenes, he takes his hands off and he lets the players play. That is the player's trophy first and then the coach's trophy. And that irritates the shit out of me that he is that egocentric. But I have to concede, I think he's figured it out. And I think G2 has figured it out. Uh, granted, I think uh, that decision-making does not mean they're going to win this thing like g the, the rest of the world knows this too like korea knows this taiwan knows this you know china knows it you're the first western team i think to finally unlock its potential but everybody else is like three years ahead of you so that's why i would have them here at four um i think they're better than tsm and marines but i don't think they're quite as good as the other three teams
You know, it's interesting when you look at the perception of G2 versus the reality of G2. Like, for example, we think of when we think of like fun, impactful, exciting games of League of Legends first in Europe, we first team we always jump to is Unicorns of Love. Oh, yeah, there's skirmishes all the time and the crazy kill counts and whatever else. G2 led all European teams in the playoffs with the most kills per game. I, 15.15 kills per game by G2 during the playoffs. Now, you can tell me all day long whether that, you know, oh, well, you know, this doesn't really matter because of the way they got those kills, like, and, and fine. But, you know, Perks is a guy that we should get excited about. We should be excited when he gets on those assassins and starts roaming around the map. We should be excited when Trick is counter-jungling like crazy and really reducing the enemy's plays. We should be super excited when Sven does his crazy stuff that he does in every team fight to kite around everybody and pull off these kills. And we're not. And the reason that we're not is because they've done this for a long time. You know, you're going to give Weldon credit. I'm going to say... I'm not sure what Weldon has added to G2. I, I think that I, I agree with everything you said in terms of, you know, what those priorities should be, and I, I understand his point on that. But on the other hand, like, does this look like a significantly different team from the G2 that we saw in 2016? Like, what is the change in their play style that we can say on the Rift, we can prove tangibly they are better at this than they were when they were at Worlds? I mean, I, I don't think there's a whole lot you can tangibly yeah. say. I just yeah. think they're a slower, more methodical team. I Well, that's, like, you say it's a slower, more methodical team, but their average game time is the same that it was last year. Twenty It's 2017, spring playoffs. We saw they had a 38.1 average game time minutes per game. 2016 summer playoffs, it was 35.6, but they slower. were the same... Slower it was the same mean... by the average per compared to the rest of the teams Listen, as okay. Slower does not mean they are are physically playing the game slower. It does not mean they're that that their games are longer. What I mean by slower is it is more methodical. It is a more measured approach. It isn't the super super early game aggression where they're constantly going out and getting kills and building a lead like that. It is very calculated. It is very we're going to sit back on our laurels. We're going to try and make as few mistakes as we can when it is about individual decision-making, when it's about Mithy and Sven making individual decisions, when it's about Trick making an individual decision, when it's about Perks making an individual decision, when it's about Expect making an individual decision when it comes to how am I manipulating my game, my lane, how am I trying to get a kill, how am I trying to do this? Minimize risk across those moments and then maximize potential when you are a unit, when you are four, five people strong maximizing it by saying, okay, as a group, this is what we are capable of. This is what our role is. This is what I'm going to do. This is what you're going to do. It, it seems like everything was calculated in advance of, all right, Mithy, you're playing this champion. You're going to use this ability to engage on them this way and expect is going to follow up like this. It was calculated. It was a playbook. That is how it felt watching them. Not that, oh, they're playing longer games. They're just waiting until the 40-minute mark. No, and I one just, team fight. just, all of those things I felt like we were saying this time last year. I don't well at least not this time yes year because spring they still hadn't gotten Sven and Mithy yet but I think heading into worlds I think we were saying all of these things I was definitely I can point to articles I was writing at the time about how methodical the G2 were compared to other western teams but so, they were taking risks in the early game that was the thing is they were taking risks in the early game but they were good enough that teams weren't exploiting them 
That's the difference. That's what happened at Worlds, was they were taking all these risks in the early game, and other teams were exploiting them. Albus Knox was exploiting mistakes in the early game with pathing, with consistency in tricks pathing, with consistency in how you know uh, perks played the lane. That's the part that G2 said, this was our issue. We're good at the team fighting. We're good at the mid to late game decision making. Where did we lose games? And they lost them in the early game when they were trying to be over aggressive, when they were trying to build this lead from one to 15 minutes. And then they decided, well, if we're so good at this kind of late game team fighting, it, as long as we're within you know X amount of gold, it shouldn't matter all that much. As long as we're in a half, within a half an item, you know, our 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 physical our our mechanical play, our team strategy. The way we play team fights and the way we move around the map should be enough to make up that, you know, three to four to five thousand gold lead. That's what I think changed. I don't, I don't think they're. I think they took that methodical decision making in the late game and applied it to the early game and said, listen, we don't need to take all these kind of risks. Trick does not have to be constantly invading when he doesn't know where the enemy laner is, or we don't have to have all of these blind roams by perks into the top lane or into the bot lane. Like we can just sit back in our lane kind of let the team, enemy team dictate the pace to a, a, a certain extent and then snap the trap shut once we know now we're at our moment. Now we know we're at our strongest. That That's what I'm saying. I don't disagree with your point, but I just think they took a lot of the risks out of the early game that they had over the summer and at Worlds. That, that's fair. I, I understand where you're coming from on that. I, I think ultimately a lot of my problem comes down to the fact that I don't think that taking those risks was the problem. I think their execution of those risks and the risks that they chose to take. Like, y you can play the early game out and make decisions that are going to further your early game power and get you into the mid to late game in a better position and still be intelligent about it. It doesn't have to be as reckless as they maybe were in some of those moments. And instead, I feel like they've just decided, well, instead of learning how to be better at this, let's just punt and get to you know, the, the 20 to 30 minute mark and then hope that we're not too far behind. I, I don't like that approach. I'm closer to Kelsey Moser than I am to Weldon on that, but it's a debate that we could have for a long time and have already had on this podcast for a long time. So we should move on. I I but on I do want to get your list. guess. Uh, I know it's very funny how these things change over time. Where do you, uh, where do you think the outright is for G2? Plus a thousand. Plus 2,000. Hmm. Okay. They don't have them in TSM very different. And I don't think they should be. I don't think G2 has shown us that they deserve more credit than that. Okay. I thought they were going to have... I, I thought they were going to have World Elite a little closer. That's why I was going so close. Well, well, we'll I mean, we have to figure out what World Elite's line yeah, is. Yeah, that's... Then. Yep. So now I and have to change my World Elite line. Well, let's talk about World Elite. Where... You know, this is a team that, you know, maybe our fans haven't particularly followed all that closely. <laughs> we want to talk about not giving a crap about the early game. Ladies and gentlemen, let me t let me introduce you to Team WE, also known as World Elite. Um, if you want a team that completely rests on their laurels for about the first 25 minutes of the game, do you want to watch League of Legends? If you could start purely at minute 30 and watch from minute 30 to minute 50, if you want a team that puts the team in team fight. Ladies and gentlemen, in the red and white, Team WE. All late game, all team fighting. Laning, who cares? If they could start and just have an ARAM, they would do it. Like, <laughs> this is a team that has mastered the art of team fighting, that, is, that has learned 
that has taken that G that G two Weldon approach to its extreme limits of how much of a lead can we give up and still win this game because we win two team fights, one at Baron and one to end the game. It is incredible to watch these guys play. And it's not like they're bad players. Uh, across the board, they're a very strong team. Mystic and Ben, I think, are a very good duo combination in the bot lane. I think they understand each other very well. I think they they uh, they play off of each other's strengths and they minimize each other's weaknesses. And the other big guy is 957 in the top lane. Mm. Now, if you remember the last time World Elite was in the international tournament, it was when they lost to TSM and IEM Katowice. Uh, their current jungler, Condi, was the top laner there, and it was this joke, oh, Condi is like in the new Darien. He, he like feeds to win, he plays Scion, and that's about it. Uh, he's now their jungler, and uh, I, I think he still feeds to win, but just in different ways. But 957 is fun to watch because he like he plays Bruiser Fizz, he's a split pusher. Like He's a fun guy because he's not afraid to go after duels, and he's like, I'm fighting to kill this guy. Whereas Kandi was more like, uh, oh, you want to fight me? I don't really want to fight you. Can I just play my tank and sit under tower and farm? No, okay, I'm dead. All right, I guess I'll TP back to lane and get my farm. And 957 is like the complete opposite where he's like, nah, I want to dominate this matchup. I want to make you my bitch. Like, and, it's and the, great. The funny thing about that is that's not necessarily who he was during the regular season. You know, Froskiran brought this up during the broadcast when he had that uh, very nice play under his inhibitor tower as the Shen in, in the playoffs and ended up getting that reverse uh, on the two-for-one dive that uh, RNG thought they were going to pull off where he just pulled a nope and made it pretty pretty ugly. But his most played champions during the regular season were Nautilus and Maokai. Yep. I mean, he was not that guy, and they've let him be that guy now. And, and you know, he was struggling towards the end of the season. He really it, – it took him a while to make those adaptations – but it seems like he's figured it out. And I, I think they also benefit from Jie, who's not been the best player historically in China, but they, you know, World Elite have, have invested in him. They've given him time and resources and told him, you know, we believe in you, we believe you can figure this stuff out. And he's now become a very interesting mid laner. Now he likes to play that karma mid, you know, really enable the rest of the members of his team while still having you know, that CC potential in uh, in a big team fight. I like what he's been doing. I, I do think some of their early game issues come down to the fact that they have a Korean bot lane and Chinese everything else. So the top half and the bottom half of the map can't really communicate all that well together. So in the early game where there's not as much warding and there aren't as many clear objectives to fight around, this can be, create kind of a mess. Uh, that's kind of how I would describe Robo Elite's early game. It's a mess. But they just seem to have a really great understanding of, well, now that the mess is over, what do we do? Oh, well, this is what we do because this is where we can win and this is our only out at this point. So let's execute it perfectly. And they execute it mechanically perfectly. And they did it against an incredibly great mechanical, uh, mechanical team in Royal Never Give Up. And so if they can do it there, you'd have to imagine they could do it against just about anybody. That will be put to the test in this tournament, of course. Do you, do you think there's a chance? Could this be China's revival? They need to not face SKT. That's what the sum of this is going to come down to, is the teams not named Flashwolves need to not face SKT. They need somehow for SKT and Flashwolves to end up against each other, which means Flashwolves has to be the four seed somehow. Or, or SKT and Flashwolves are the three seed, and one of these teams are the one seed. 
not gonna happen. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, there's a chance. I think they're a really, really strong team fighting team, and if you could survive long enough to get to a point where even if you're down by 10k gold at 55 minutes, if you win a team fight, you can win a game. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the leads MO is: win a team fight, take an objective, win a team fight, win the game. Um, so there is a chance. I think there's more of a chance with them than the other three teams we've talked about right now. Uh, hence why they have better odds to win. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, like it, it's it's this isn't basketball where an injury can can change the entire landscape of the playoffs. Tony Parker isn't you know tearing his Achilles tendon or whatever his injury is and and not playing the rest of the the playoffs and now the Houston Rockets have a, a you know a more of an advantage in that series like that's not going to happen. Faker isn't going to like sprain his ankle and not be able to play tomorrow. Like it, it's not going to happen. Um so is there a chance? Sure. There's you know there's more of a chance than every planet aligning in eight galaxies to you know spell like send nudes or something ridiculous. Like no, it's <laughs> it only needs to be seven galaxies and you could leave off the exclamation point. Like it's more likely but how possible is it? I, I just, I don't see yeah. it. I don't see an easy pathway there. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, SKT also knows how to team fight, and they also know how to play the early game. Yeah, that's... Mm. So and they're also really talented mechanically, too. Right. And, and also they play against other Koreans all the time instead of Chinese teams that have interesting decisions from time <laughs> to time. I'm going to say interesting decisions. I think that's the nicest way I, I can phrase it. Yes, uh, the combined kills per minute makes China very fun. That's where do you think the outright line is, Walter? Well, if G two is plus two thousand, I mm-hmm. was gonna say if G two is like plus a thousand, plus fifteen hundred, I was gonna say World Elite plus seven fifty. I'm gonna say World Elite plus twelve fifty. World Elite plus nine hundred. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think that's fair. That's like right in the middle. I I dig it. I dig yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's totally, totally it's fair. a fair line. Um, totally fair. Let's move on to Flash Wolves. Number two, according to Unicorn. And there are outright lines. Yep. They are the winners of IEM Katowice, the most recent international event. They came out on top. Ooh. They absolutely crushed Supermassive in three games that probably made the entire country of Turkey very sad. Just... It wasn't even particularly close. I was about close. to get political for a second, but I don't want to make that statement, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just... Yeah, there are a lot of reasons the turkey might be sad. But <laughs> that didn't help. I'm going to put it that way. And, I mean, it was just uh, a, a just demolished. That was brutal to watch. Yeah. It was kind of hard to watch, I'll be honest. I'll put it this way. You could have put the VODs on a different tube site, and I wouldn't have felt out of place. <laughs> like, that's just... That's where we were. So... <laughs> Five five Taiwanese teens uh, spank five Turkish teens. That's that's basically uh. where it went down. So, Walter, what do we see here with Flash Wolves? Are they are they a team that we should be believing in more than we did at Worlds, where they didn't quite put it all together? No, I mean, like here's the thing: they have the skill, they have mm-hmm. the talent. Um, MMD. We watched the uh, we watched the LMS finals. Yes, I watched the LMS finals. Like, you know, I I did. I watched the LMS finals with Chase. He was there. He watched with me. And the entire time, we're like, why is MMD playing? Like, he's really bad at this. He's a really bad rumble player. Like, what is what is MMD? Like, that was ninety percent of it. 
Um, yeah. I, I think Betty, the new AD carry, was pretty pretty cool. I think that he is a nice, you know, third option on this team that has Carson and has Maple as their primary options. Um, but at the same time, like the one international tournament they've had some some really good success. I am Katabitse had the two worst Korean teams and Europe. Like we haven't seen them play against Faker in a long time. We haven't seen like I think Maple can still stand up. I think Carsa can still stand up. But like the thought of Hooney against MMD is just kind of orgasmic. Yes. Like, man, Hooney's been working on top lane Lucian. Like with how bad MMD is playing, do you think that the chance Kakoma's just like, all right, you've been good all year. We're up to nothing. Go ahead, Hooney. You could play top lane Lucian. And Hooney's just like, hold on, 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 hold on. Like, yes, I get to play Lucian. This is amazing. I'm a Pokemon now. Like, yes. I mean, I, I, I have to see it. I have to see them. And, and I think... I think part of it will be seeing them play in the group in the in the round robin against SKT will give me some sort of idea of like okay when these two guys play in their best of five series to decide who wins MSI how close is it going to be it'll tell me if it's going to be a three one a three zero a three two if you know if Flash Wolves are going to win I mean it's totally possible we had these sort of same thoughts about EDG versus SKT last year in Tallahassee and EDG ended up winning um, mainly because I think SKT was slightly burned out. You you keep saying last year. It was two years ago. Two years ago. I'm sorry. Two years ago. I tell you. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened last year. See, MSI. SKT won. SKT, SKT won. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Got it. So two years ago. Two years ago in Tallahassee. Like, that was kind of the, like, they were burned out. They were kind of getting used to, you know, new roles, new meta, that kind of stuff. Like, Flash Wolves have a chance. They have the best chance out of everyone, but... I need to see it first. I need to see them be competitive against SKT, a really close, you know, two games against them in the round robin, for me to say, yeah, in a best of five series, I think they really stand a chance against the best player in the world, the best coach in the world, and, you know, these other four players that you could argue might be the best at their positions in the world, too. Like, Faker's the greatest player of all time. Kakoma's the greatest coach of all time. They have the greatest support staff of all time. They're the greatest organization of all time. Like, it's hard to beat that. I just have to see competitive competitiveness first before I say, yeah, they can definitely beat them. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, quick correction, because I know there are some CLG fans yelling at the screen right now. CLG was in the finals against SKT. Oh, yeah, last year. That, that's right. That was the tournament. In that's which why I forgot Royal about it. Never Give Up won the group stage, yeah. which gave them the right to place the four seed, which was SK Telecom. Yeah, that's because they right. had that weird four-game stretch where they just got beaten by everybody. Yeah, that's right. It made no sense, and yeah. we still have no explanation for it. But it meant that RNG got wiped out. And it was just so SKT could beat them in the in the quarterfinals. That was why. It was it was a funny year. I remember it as RNG's tournament because four of their five players got the uh, all tournament team. Oh right, uh, right. That, but except Faker. Faker uh, was no. The one. Faker was not no. No. Jahu, it was uh. Six A, eighty carry. Oh right, okay. Yeah, I got um, but all of this is to say that Flash Wolves, for for everything that they've done, and they have accomplished quite a bit, that's the bar now, right? I mean, we can say all that we want, like, well, they haven't even gotten out of the group stage, so really, that's that would be you know something we should look at if they got to the finals. That's uh, an accomplishment, right? But. Like, it feels like it shouldn't be, because this is a team that we know, talent-wise, 
is more than ready to take these things on. We know that they're capable of this. They need to be thinking about how high can we go, not can we avoid screwing up this time. And that's the, the problem that Taiwan has had as a region for a while now, is that so much of it has turned from we are you know this great team that people should respect to are we going to put it together when it matters most? Because everyone knows that we should and we haven't yet. And that's, I guess, it's a very interesting problem that they need to solve. Is there anything you think they could do to try to make that easier on themselves? Is there anything that if you're the Flash Wolves coach, you're, you're a stake, who's, yeah, people might remember from back in the day, that was another Flash Wolves top laner um, with the crazy Afro hair. Your stake, what's your plan? How do you get them to feel comfortable? They've been here before. Every single one of them but Betty has already been here before. They've been in the situation where they're playing against SKT, where SKT is the best team in the world. Yeah. Um, they're 3-1 and one in those matches, for the record. They're 3-1. and one. Yeah, I mean, that's what you hang on. It's like, guys, we beat these guys before. We beat them before. We beat them when they had a more consistent roster. Like, they made roster changes. There's two different changes in the top lane. Just play our game. What is? What are? How are we going to beat them? And I, I think it's take it to Faker. I, I, I hate saying that, but I think you have to take it to Faker. I, I think you have to just throw Carson Maple at him, pull Peanut into that lane, um, tell MMD, you know, play safe, don't overextend, know that Hooney is a better player, and, um, and yeah, just take it at Faker. Get him off his game. We know that some of the shot calling has got to come through him, that some of the decision making has got to come through him. You know, have him stop being the puppet master and really focus on his own lane because Maple is one of the few guys on the planet that mechanically and, and you know, the processing skill can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Faker. And adding Carson, who is a fantastic jungler, who has really weird angles that he knows how to gang from and all that jazz, I think helps. Uh, and, and Peanut is still young compared to Carson. He's still a young guy. He's only had a couple of experiences on the international stage, um, mainly being Worlds. Um, you know, go after it. You know, make make the master and the apprentice beat you. You know, it it's a master and apprentice against like two way you know wizened kind of Jedi veterans. Like, you know, you're the good guys in that series. Everyone would love to see SKT lose. Everyone would love to see SKT lose. Just don't get lost in the moment. Focus on what makes you you, and, and do it to 110 percent of your ability. That that that's my plan if I'm stake. I give him the any given any given Sunday speech. I give him the speech from Hoosiers. I give him the speech from Coach Carter. I give him literally every stereotypical sports movie monologue speech. And um, I say, you, you go get him, Falco. Go get him, boy. I, I don't know how you go 3-1 and one against SK Telecom and then go 0-2 against Ime within the same year. But that's, that's Flash Wolves in a nutshell. I, I, I think the real thing for them is you can't get yourself so emotionally worked up over one opponent that you forget the rest. Yeah, you need to beat Faker, and you need to beat SKT. And you have done it before. you got to so get that's, to them first. That's awesome. Yeah, you've got to get there, which means you have to take care of business against uh, against all these other you know, teams that are going to be there. you got to beat World Elite. You've got to prove that you can play out the early game and get Carson enough of a lead that you can just close this out. You've got to beat G2 and prove that you have an, a macro understanding of the game that can match theirs no problem. You've got to beat TSM and prove that you know what you're doing as a League of Legends team. You need to beat 
Gigabyte Marines because come on now, you gotta beat Gigabyte Marines. So I wanna see those games. I, if they go 0-2 against SKT in the group stage and win the other eight, I think that's a success. I, I think that you have to prove that you can get in, out, and, and consistently take those wins. But but Walter, where do you think Unicorn? Plus 750. Plus 900. Same as World Elite. They're, they're done. They didn't get out of the group stage last turn of it. They went two and okay. four. They were the fourth okay. place team okay. in 2016's okay. group stage. Okay. Yeah. I will I will take some free value here. Thank you. Thank you, Unicorn. Okay. Thanks. That's that's fair. I look, man, shout out to you or I'll anyone listening if you want to bet against Faker to win this tournament. Like all At power to some you. point he's gonna lose. Yeah, and you know lose. what? I'm not going to have money on it when it happens because right. I'm not going to want to watch that series saying all then, I need is for Faker to then, not then pop Chase, off and kill me. Chase, what we've learned is that I am the true degenerate gambler and you are not, so. I, I would bet on some random obscure prop bet that was entirely irrelevant just to say I had money on the series. No balls. If, no cojones. No, no, he's no on cojones. cloud nine. He's on cloud nine, actually. But, no, he's not. He's on FlyQuest. Sit down. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. Esport wikied. Uh, wikied. It's been a long day. It's We're gonna move on to SK day. Telecom. Let's do this, fam. This is the. I have, I have nothing to say. Right? I have nothing to say. There, there's literally nothing to say about it. Again, I already said it. Best player in League of Legends history. Best coach in League of Legends history. The other four players, you could all argue them being at the best at their position currently, with the exception of maybe Wolf. Wolf is the one weakness. And still, Wolf is pretty freaking good. He is easily a top three if you don't want to put him number one on that list. He's playing with a phenomenal AD carry. Him and Bang have a ton of synergy together. They know how each other works. Like, this is SKT's tournament to lose. Just like last, just like Worlds, just like last year's MSI, just like every time they step onto the rift, you have got to prove that you are better than SKT. And very, 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 very few teams over the course of the last three years have proven that they deserve to be in even the same breadth as SKT in terms of possibly beating them. One of those teams doesn't exist anymore. They were yeah. disbanded. Their players have scattered across the globe. And by globe, I mean Korea. Because when it comes to League of Legends, the globe truly is Korea. This is where the buck stops. And honestly, if you ever want to win a tournament, you either have to pray SKT doesn't show up like the IEM events, or you got to beat them. And that is that is what the message is for every team at MSI is, how do we beat SKT? And frankly, if I had an easy answer, I would have told Reggie, $350,000, there you go. Here's your answer of beating SKT, because I am that much of a TSM fanboy. Even when he's on vacation, I still want my team to win. Yeah, I look... They're the best. They played faced off against a team that had Smeb, Score, Pawn, Deft, and Mata on it and made them look foolish. It was a 3-0! It was a 3-0 against this yep. super team that is that you know finally had put it together against Samsung and, and looked like a team that could really hold up against anybody. And for the record, the MVP of that series wasn't even Faker. It was Peanut. The guy who had been the star juggler for the only team that really ever came close to knocking off the champs. 
I don't I don't know what to do, man. How do they get how do they keep getting better? Like it's 2017 and they keep getting better. It's not fair. Money and prestige does wonders. Everyone wants everyone wants to be a New England Patriot. Everyone wants to be a Golden State Warrior. Everyone wanted to be a Yankee until baseball decided to blow everything up and said, let everyone win a title. Let the Chicago Cubs win a title. Who cares? It's baseball. Nobody watches. The same thing with the NHL. Nobody watches. Nobody cares what team they're on. It's why everyone wants to play for Barcelona, Manchester United, Juventus, uh, PSG, Bayern. Everyone wants to play for the winners. And when you have the best player in this dimension, when it comes to League of Legends, sign. When you can't beat them, join them. It's easy. Go win your ring. Go have some fun. Go out a champion because you know what? Um, money doesn't always last, but championship rings do until you pawn them because you ran out of money. You know? And even then, it still says it on the Wikipedia that you were part of a championship team. So, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm with you 100%. I don't begrudge Hooney and Peanut for making that decision at all. Uh, I think that I would make that decision 10 times out of 10. And for the record, they've still got Blank on this roster, who might be the best substitute since Easy Hoon was a substitute. Like, just an absurdly talented guy who has chosen to stick with the SKT franchise because... Hey, I also like winning all the time. Give me like one or two games during Worlds that I can look pretty good in and get to be out on stage with everybody. And I'm perfectly happy because I'm still a champion. And that's all it's going to say when people look over the esports wikis is blank champion. And that's that's what they are. That's that's what this team is. They're just five of the best players in the world at their individual positions that also have a coach that is so intelligent that Huni says he's not coaching League of Legends. He's making art, art and using players as the palette. Like, first of all, shout out to Huni for one of the best poetic. quotes I've heard in a long Very time. Poetic. But, but second of all, he's 100% right. You, you know, this is the, the five-dimensional checkers against the world, except it's art, which means it's transcended the game. It has become something where you just have to look at it and go... Damn. Learn that uh, that Huni is actually making a cry for help. He's saying that he's making art, and we know the one champion in League of Legends that makes art is Jin, and he's an assassin. So Huni, blink twice if you need us to save you. You can come back to the U.S. We want you here. Immortals will take you back in a heartbeat. We can reunite you with Rainover. Just blink twice at any point during MSI, and I will get Seal Team 6.5 out there to save you. Just blink. All you gotta do. And here I was thinking you were going to say that it was really just that he picked the wrong AD carry to play in the top lane and that it was Jin Can you time. imagine Jin top lane? That sounds awful. That sounds super bad. <laughs> but, you know, if anyone could do it, it'd be SKT. What do you think the outright line is, Walter? Oh, man. SKT even odds. Okay, you have it even. Minus 500. Oh, you're shitty. <laughs> Why would no one's gonna win this except for Faker? Faker's got this. It's done. It's done. Why are we pretending? Why are we surprised by this line? So you're saying I can gamble a hundred on a hundred bucks on the on the rest of the field on every single one of them, and, you and if any one of them wins, else. I would make money. Yes. That sounds like a, a, a oh my god, that's tempting. That's really tempting. Yeah. 
it's really it's, it's not gonna happen for the record that's really tempting though it's sure really have fun tempting. i i wouldn't touch that if my life depended on it i i really just can't i can't imagine how faker and skt lose this the way that they're playing right now but you know what have fun it's i mean it's look 2015 they lost at msi so it has happened. It's not unprecedented. I think this team is way better than the team that they had in 2015, but that's fine. Go for it. Enjoy it. I'm like having the DT. I'm like I'm like having like the shakes right now of like trying to tell the, the gambler and be like, don't do it. It's bigger. And the gambler going, but plus 900 odds. That one or two. Like it might happen. Like oh my god. I'm mm. man. It'd, it'd be great. I, you know, I, I'm very, you know, if you're going to take the uh, the challenge and bet against Faker here, uh, put your bet slips either send it to us on Twitter or in the comment section down here, and we will give you a massive shout out if it comes through. I, I, I you will be braver men than, than I, or women than I am. So let's, uh, let's go through individual games real quick, Walter, because day one, just curious to see where, where you think some of these lines go. Just rapid fire. SKT versus G2 starts the tournament. Where's S the line? SKT, well, if they're already minus 500 to win the whole thing. SKT, like, minus 2,000. Minus 667. Okay. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I mean, because individual matchups aren't quite the same. I, I guess. Uh, Flash Wolves versus World Elite. Flash Wolves minus 125. Flash Wolves minus 118. Very close. There you go. World Elite as underdogs, minus 111. G2 was plus 400. That, that's, for that's, that's a toss-up. Uh, TSM versus the Gigabyte Marines. TSM minus 175. TSM minus 435. Which means you could get the Marines at plus 290. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I got to be honest. I snap bet that. 0.25 seconds. No problem. No I hesitation. Would, I would do that too. I'm not nearly as nervous about betting against this SKT team as I would be against betting against Faker. Um, Flash Wolves versus G2. Flash Wolves minus 220. Minus 175. Respectable. G2 plus 135 there. SKT versus the Marines. Minus 10,000 SKT. Surprisingly only minus 5,000. Oh, nice of but, Unicorn not is, to go to their max. I appreciate that. Yeah, they're literally one off. It's it's 1.02 versus the 1.01. .01. So, congratulations. Um, uh, the Marines are plus 1,000. Who cares? I understand. TSM versus WE. Last game of day one. World Elite minus 200. Exactly that. I there know how is. to read the casinos because I'm an esports gambling expert, and I am your 2017 spring sprint. Guess the line champion. There's a reason that I decided not to actually do this as guess the lines because, uh, like I said, TSM fanboy is on vacation and he has the championship belt, so I couldn't even give it up to you if uh, you won it. I mean. You did get the six preceding lines all off to various degrees, but you, you know what? Say your guesses, cool. so we'll, you we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. That's guesses. I mean, fair enough. Well, that was uh, it's not that a competition. Was a it was a podcast, and that was you know we're not having a competition, but hopefully you're excited for this competition. I think we've previewed 
as much as we can. We're going to come back next week to talk about the bracket stage. I believe we're gonna like we're we're on this, right? Yeah, we I got mean, we're gonna come back for the bracket stage. I so mean, maybe, maybe. Let's uh let's you know, until then, you should definitely follow us on all the social medias. Uh, I am at Redshirt King on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? I am I am at CADs underscore LOL and I did not just accidentally show you guys that I was gambling on Unicorn and I was potentially picking anyone but SKT to win this match. You definitely didn't see that on the screen. That was pay no attention to that. Um, um <laughs> You wanna you wanna you wanna take us out here, Chase? I, I yeah, got I got something I, important I need to do. That's fair. Uh, one more thing real quick. I know you've been streaming on twitch.tv slash rough drafts podcast. Yes, I have. And people should probably be tuned in on there if they yeah. want to see you play video games. Yes, uh, I will, in fact, be streaming tonight. Uh, this is May 9th, Tuesday night. Haven't decided what I'm going to stream yet, but I will be streaming at 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, yeah, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so that's like 8 o'clock Pacific Time. And if you're on Europe, um, use Google because I don't want to take the time to figure out what time that is for you. I'm expecting Probably. that it's probably pretty early in the morning. Like 6 or 7 a.m., depending where you are. It, it would so. be 5 a.m. Central European time. There you go. 5 a.m. Central European time. That's why I keep this guy around. He's my, yeah. he's my time zone person. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so stay tuned for that tonight, Tuesday night, because that's the day this goes out. And, Chase, there's something else that's going to be coming up um, towards the end of the week, I think. Yes, that's true. A couple of we, things. It's been a, a requested episode, uh, something that we've – said that we've wanted to do and and that we have uh, decided is absolutely worth the time and effort i'm making walter put in to edit it so yep. it's going to be uh, a very interesting episode so you definitely want to stay tuned for that and until then goodbye internet hey there c80s here thanks for checking out the podcast and if you enjoyed today's episode consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash rough drafts pod for just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com backslash esports rough drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.